and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is Kevin Folger, your host for Labors in the Harvest podcast. Today we begin a three-part conversation with a good friend of mine, Brother Dave Hardy. I think you'll find his story uh, encouraging and helpful. And I want you to sit back, relax, and take the next uh, several minutes to listen to part one of my conversation with my good friend, uh, Pastor Dave Hardy. Well, this is Kevin Folger with Labors in the Harvest. I want to thank you for joining us today for our next edition of this particular podcast. And it's my thrill today to welcome to the podcast a good friend of mine, Brother Dave Hardy. And uh, I've asked him to join us today to share a little bit about his life and journey in ministry. Brother Dave, thanks for taking time to be a part of Labors in the Harvest podcast today. It's my privilege to be with you, Brother Folger. Well, it's really a joy for me, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I, as I go back over my life, I, I think that uh, for the last um, probably about 30 years or so, uh, you've been a very influential part of my life. I think God brought you into my life in the 1990s. I knew of you prior to that, but in the 1990s, God kind of brought our paths together, and it's been a joy for me to call you and your dear wife, Miss Grace, friends of Denise and mine, so I want to thank you for that as well. Well, it's same is true for me, too. You've been a great blessing, and I very much appreciate our friendship. Well, today, of course, as we think about this uh, particular podcast, we talk about um, people and the life that God has allowed them to live and kind of the journey uh, that God has taken them on as far as their life and ministry is concerned. And so I'd like to uh, just ask you some questions, Brother Dave, and if you can just walk through those questions with us, and I think it'll be a help to those who listen to this particular podcast. Sure. I'll, I'll be glad to. I'm sorry about my voice this morning. It takes a while to clear sometimes. Uh, it's not, not a problem. Sure what to do with it. <laughs> I, I understand for sure. Well, can you, uh, let's just kind of uh, start kind of at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your childhood and where you grew up and the kind of home that you grew up in? Sure. Uh, well, I'm a World War II baby, um, born in 1944. And I was born in Waco, Texas. Um, my mom and dad actually met by my dad riding my mother while he was in the Army in World War II. And so when I was uh, born, uh, we lived, um, I would say, probably according to today's standards, kind of in poverty. My dad had a third grade education. He was a depression kid. They would have referred to him. And he really couldn't read except uh, very simple things. And I never did see him uh, reading a book any time in my life. And, but he was a good dad and he knew the Lord and he lived a good life and a clean life. But I remember us just living where we could find a place to live. And I believe that was true of a lot of people in, uh, in World War II. It was a pretty difficult time. 
uh, for our nation and for everyone. Uh, my mom actually made it through the 10th grade and that was good and it was a great help to me, of course. But I look back on those times, um, uh, really with fondness, I, I enjoyed my life and uh, maybe the simplicity of life back then is something I miss a little bit now. But that's just kind of a brief um, outline of what took place in those early years. So when your father got out of the military and uh, came home after World War II, what kind of work did he do? He actually uh, dug ditches for Waco, Texas, for the city of Waco. Um, a lot of people wouldn't think about it, uh, but because of World War II, all the machinery uh, was in the war. Uh, I remember they would collect bed springs and any kind of metal, um, and we would turn that in because they needed it to make things for the war. So I'm saying that to say that most all the work done in the cities, or at least in Waco back then, uh, digging ditches was not with a backhoe or some piece of equipment. Now, there might've been a little bit of it, but most of it was just with a shovel and a Maddox and a pick. And it was hard work. He, he worked like an animal. He really worked hard. And I think more than, more than eight hours a day, probably more like 10. Wow. Well, and of course, uh, what kind of, um, you know, growing up in a home like that, um, you, you know, you're certainly, when I think about your life, uh, you've got a, an earned, uh, is it an earned doctorate, I believe, from um, Southwestern Seminary, is that correct? Southwestern was a master, and then Dallas Theological Seminary was a doctor's degree. Okay. So did you feel like uh, growing up in a home like that, it just kind of propelled you to say, well, I'm just going to, you know, get an education, or how did that kind of work? No, no, if we move towards the education situation, what the Lord used to get me into that, after uh, Bible college, um, I, I've thought about being a chaplain. And when we talk about later things here, this will come back in. Right. Because when I served in the Navy, I, I developed a great burden for the military. Uh, but Bible college didn't work too good because at that point, uh, Baptist Bible College was not accredited and you, you had to have an accredited school. And then you had to have 90 hours of graduate work. And so I thought about that. And, and of course, I'd gone to Eastland Baptist Church and been pastor there for a while. But I was coming to the age that if I was going to be a chaplain, and, I, and again, I had a great burden for the military, then I had to get started. Okay. So not knowing what to do, um, I actually resigned Eastland Baptist Church after, I think, it was six years and headed off to seminary. And, of course, during that time, God revealed to me, that's not what he wanted for me, but I think God used that to get me back uh, into education for whatever reasons, and okay. that's what caused me to go. Got it. Okay. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about, um, you know, you mentioned that your, you know, your father knew the Lord, so the home that you grew up in, would you characterize it as a strong Christian home? <clears throat> I would characterize it as, uh, um, compared to today, it might be fairly strong. Um, my mom and dad were not members of a Baptist church. They knew the Lord and they were good people, had some doctrinal uh, differences, but it, it was a godly home. Uh, we really honored and respected the Lord. <clears throat> my dad wasn't a, excuse me again. <clears throat> my dad was not um, a really a strong leader. Um, I would say he was somewhat passive. Uh, I always did what my dad asked me to do. <laughs> my dad did hard work when he was a kid at the third grade when he finished that he went to work and then worked till he went in the war he worked the rest of his life because he didn't have much education he did menial jobs which usually meant hard labor 
Mm-hmm. I always say my dad was built like a forklift without wheels on it. And whatever he said, I planned to do, although he was, <laughs> he was kind, but yeah. um, you know, I try to respond to that. So I wouldn't say it is outgoing or it was outgoing. It's a lot of Christian homes could have been. We didn't really have very many people over unless they were relatives. That was just maybe my mom's outlook. Um, my dad loved to be with people, but my mom was not a, a great entertainer, but it was a good home. Okay. It, but it was a very simple home. Well, can you speak to us a little bit then about your own particular salvation testimony? How and when did the Lord work in your life to bring you, you to himself? Sure. And that's going to involve one more issue that I think you'll ask shortly after that. Um, when I was 14 years of age, um, I guess I landed what I call my first real job. And that was sacking groceries at a place in Arlington, Texas called Buddy's Supermarket. And I was glad to have the job. Well, there was a man working there named Red Fulmer, but he stocked groceries. He had been working there before I came. That was my to-be wife's stepbrother. And he started inviting me to go to church. And I told him, I mean, I already go to church. And I did, faithfully from the time I was born and on through my life, I enjoyed going to church. But I had never, uh, for whatever reason, been under conviction uh, in my parents' church. They were great teachers, but uh, Brother Kevin, they weren't really preachers. And there is a difference Mm-hmm. Teaching is the dissemination of information, uh, but preaching is not only a dissemination of information, but it's targeted and looking for something to happen as a result. I think maybe Haddon Robinson mentioned that is um, it's not like a Chinese firecracker that just goes off. It's like a hunter's gun. And when you pull the trigger, you look for something to fall. Mm. And so I had not been under that kind of uh, a ministry. So he eventually convinced me to go to a little Independent Baptist Church in Arlington, Texas. I say little because a good Sunday would be like 40 people. And I went the first Sunday and really hadn't sat under preaching. And I, I mean, he had my attention, an older man, Irishman, probably between 65 and 70. And uh, I, I enjoyed it and I was attracted to it. I came back the next Sunday and came Sunday morning and Sunday night. And that night, um, he preached on John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I send you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That caught my attention because the church my parents went to didn't necessarily believe in eternal security. And I think that's one of the reasons I maybe never responded because I thought maybe I couldn't keep it. Mm. And that night, his grandson uh, sung the song, Now I Belong to Jesus, Jesus Belongs to Me. And every time he would cover part of that, that verse and he would sing, Now I Belong to Jesus, in my heart as a 14-year-old teenager, I thought, I don't. Hmm. But that night between that message and that song, I trusted Christ as my personal Savior. And what a great day that was. My life has been pointed in a particular direction ever since that time. And I'm so grateful for Grace's stepbrother staying after me like I came to church with him. I'd like to encourage everyone, don't give up. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, God puts people around us uh, for a reason, and you know, we're to be a light to them. They may not respond immediately, but we're just to keep after it, that's for sure, until they tell us, look, I don't want you to talk to me anymore. <laughs> that's true. Right. 
So I, as I'm listening to this testimony, and you mentioned this is your wife's stepbrother. I'm, my next question has to do with how you met and married your wife. I knew you were quite young. Uh, can, again, can you just kind of work a, a, us back uh, through that situation? Um, and I'm sure from what you said that the stepbrother had some uh, point or some aspect in bringing uh, you into Grace's life. Yes, that's true. Grace, uh, Grace came from a, a difficult family situation, um, and I don't mean this to be unkind, uh, but her mother had been married and divorced three times, and, and actually all three of those men had not been um, good leaders, either for Grace's mother or for Grace. Um, and so there were children from three different families and their children, and I'm not sure, <laughs> Brother Kevin, I guess it could be a little bit humorous. I don't know that I ever had them all figured out <laughs> <laughs> how they fit in their program, but I mean, I got along with them well. But anyway, uh, Grace, of course, was a member of that church that I got saved in when I was 14. And I suppose at 14, uh, you begin to have an interest in girls, but no, not much, maybe in a lot of ways, and probably didn't for a year. Uh, but then that little youth department, since it was small, you know, six to eight of us, we, we got pretty close going to activities. And, and the youth director and his wife, uh, since it was a small church, they were just lay people, of course, like in many churches. But they're very good about having us over to their house. So we, as a small group, spent a lot of time together. I had grown up an only child until I was 14, and then my sister was born. But we were so far apart. Um, since I went in the Navy when I was 17, she was only three. We didn't have much of a connection. So that little group meant a lot to me. And then I started uh, paying attention. So I actually really, when I was only 15, I, I thought, <laughs> you know, um, that's probably a really good young lady right there. And then when I got 16, then I was really getting serious about this may be the person I would want for a life mate although very immature myself because of such a young age. Mm -hmm. And then um, I always wanted to be in the military because my dad was in the army. All my uncles were, I just felt like as an American, I, I needed to pay my dues because of the price. And we all know the price paid in World War II and prices that have been paid since that time as well. And so I joined the, the Navy as soon as I was 17 years of age. And we at that point had gotten uh, engaged and I thought, well, maybe it'd be better that we didn't get married till I finished my tenure in the Navy. But after boot camp was done, I thought, I don't want to wait another four years. And so I was able to put that together. I rode a Greyhound bus from San Diego, California to New London, Connecticut to go to submarine school. And on the way, it passed through uh, Arlington, Texas, which was my home. And I had arranged... <laughs> during boot camp with her parents and my parents for us to get married. And then we did in between those two. And then I went on to New London, Connecticut and to look for a place where we could live and so forth. And then and was able to get her with me before long. Well, that's quite a story for sure. And um, uh, not too many folks uh, have that kind of story that early, specifically as we think about what's going on today in many young people's lives. They're, they're not even thinking about marriage till their late 20s. And uh, so uh, I, I guess it was just maybe the era in which 
uh, you and I kind of grew up because I got married fairly early in life as well. But I'm sure grateful for how God worked to bring um, a good lady into my life. And I know your wife, she's a wonderful woman. And I pray the, praise the Lord for the fact that uh, God's given you many, many wonderful years together. Well, I don't understand how you can raise a godly family without a good wife, a godly wife. And of course, Denise, I know, has done, like you said, same for you. But when the Bible says a helpmate, oh my goodness, uh, if there was a greater word, I would use it. I don't know what to use. Mm-hmm. Helpmate, completer, partner. Um, we've, had, we've been blessed. And I don't think I can put into words what it's like to have a, a godly wife. Well, it's, it's been a blessing, man. no question. Marriage is God's design, and when it's, it's, it's uh, right, and when pe- two people are willing to work at it, it's just a, the most wonderful thing in the world. It is. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to wrap up this uh, segment right here today with you, Brother Dave, and I want to pick up next week when we come back, and we'll just talk a little bit more about your service uh, in the U.S. military. And so uh, I want to thank our listeners for being a part of today's uh, Labors in the Harvest podcast. We hope that you'll join us again next week for the second segment of our conversation with Brother Dave Hardy. I really enjoyed my conversation with uh, Evangelist uh, Dave Hardy. Uh, It's wonderful to hear people's story about how God worked in their life in development and bringing them along. Thank you again for joining me today. And it's my prayer that you'll be able to join me again next week as we pick up the second part of my conversation with Brother Dave Hardy. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.